Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about how we could use 5G as its own wireless power grid, how human screams communicate at least six different emotions, and how friendships fall into three categories. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Nikola Tesla had a dream, and a new invention puts humanity one step closer to making it come true. A team of researchers have figured out a way to harvest energy from electromagnetic waves in the air. The breakthrough could, in theory, lead to Tesla's dream finally being realized. A power grid without any wires, thanks to 5G. Researchers have known for a long time that a beam of radio waves can transport energy through thin air. That's not super surprising, given that pretty much every form of wireless communication uses electromagnetic energy to encode data. But there's a huge difference between the amount of energy it takes to power a phone and what it takes to encode the data on that phone. Data just doesn't need much energy at all. Electromagnetic waves used for communications are so weak that harvesting useful energy from them was a non-starter until 5G came along. Here's what's new. Researchers at Georgia Tech have used 3D printing to create a special antenna that can capture energy from 5G transmissions. They managed to transmit six one-millionths of a watt from a 5G transmitter in their lab to the newly designed antenna. Now, for comparison, an LED light bulb uses about one million times more electricity, and the signal traveled about the length of a pool table. But it was possible because 5G transmits information using electromagnetic waves that are much shorter than the waves traditionally used to send data. Those shorter waves contain more energy and offer a lot more bandwidth, but it comes at a cost. They can't travel that far. And that's why telecom companies have to build a lot of 5G stations. Well, as it turns out, a dense network of higher frequency transmitters is exactly what a wireless power grid would look like. Someone go tell Tesla. Nikola Tesla, not the company. Although, who knows, maybe that would help. And by the way, if you're worried about 5G, let me take a second to put you at ease. First of all, 5G is not dangerous. It has been tested super thoroughly, and independent groups of researchers across the world have concluded that it is not a health risk. Second of all, when we talk about energy, we're talking about a teeny tiny amount. And that's one reason this breakthrough is still very, very far off from widespread wireless power transmission. The wattages we're talking about are too small for anything beyond maybe powering sensors in factories which is exactly what these researchers think their invention might be good for. The technology is also just incredibly inefficient. But if engineers plow through these problems, the future might look a little more futuristic, just like Tesla imagined. The original Tesla. Imagine you were waiting for a loved one at the airport, and you heard two women scream. The first turns out to be a scream of joy as a woman is reunited with her best friend. The second is a scream of fear. Someone just hugged the other woman from behind with no warning. Here's the question. 
Which scream would you react to faster? The answer probably isn't what you think. Swiss scientists recently discovered that we're more sensitive to screams from non-scary situations. Surprised? That was a surprise to the scientists, too. Our primate relatives use scream-like calls mostly in bad times, like when they need to call for help in a turf war or to alert others to a predator's presence. Those are survival screams. The listener needs to understand and react fast. So scientists figured that our brains would also react fastest to these kinds of alerts. To put this to the test, researchers instructed 12 volunteers to scream in response to various emotion-inducing scenarios. Things like being attacked in a dark alley or their favorite team winning the World Cup. The resulting scream samples illustrate six distinct feelings. Pain, anger, fear, pleasure, sadness, and joy. Those negative scenario screams are considered alarm screams because they signal a warning or a need for help. Want to hear a few examples? Well, here's a scream of joy. Someone just got a new Nintendo 64. <laughs> and here's a scream of pain. And here's a scream of fear. Humans have got a pretty wide variety of screams, don't we? Next, a different group of participants listened to the screams. They identified which emotion was behind them and how urgently the screamer needed a response. Unsurprisingly, participants said the alarm screams called for a more immediate reaction. But when scientists scanned the listeners' brains, they saw their neural activity light up faster for non-alarm calls. The participants were faster and better at pinpointing the positive feelings behind screams, too. So why are we better at recognizing screams of pleasure than of pain? That's not certain, but the possible reasons are kind of heartwarming. One theory is that joy plays a larger part in our society, so our brains have evolved to be more attuned to those signals. Or it could come down to our individual day-to-day -day experiences. If the participants have had more happy experiences than frightening ones, they may be able to identify those sounds faster. So. Go ahead, scream with joy. Passersby will probably know what you're doing. What kind of a friend are you? Have you always had a few different friend groups or a collection of solo friendships or one united wolf pack? Well, according to a 2016 study from Midwestern University, most people's friendships fall into one of those three categories. Janet McCabe is the researcher behind this study, and she labels these categories tight knitters, compartmentalizers, and samplers. If you've had the same big group of friends since grade school, and you're still all connected in some way, you're probably a tight knitter. According to McCabe, tight knitters are people who have cultivated a sense of belonging and might refer to their friendships as family or their home. In the study, which centered on college students, this type of friendship was most common for minority students who found social support in their close friend groups. Tight-knit friend groups do have drawbacks, though. That strong bond leaves friends liable to letting their buddies pull them down, whether that's academically or in other ways. Now, if you have a group of hometown friends, and then others you met in college, and then a few from your first job, and others from your intramural soccer team, then you sound like a compartmentalizer. 
People who tend toward this friendship category have friends who are connected within friend groups, but not across friend groups. So your friends from college don't know your work friends, and your work friends don't know your soccer friends. In McCabe's college sample, compartmentalizers were often white and middle class. According to the study, this friends category didn't need as much social support as the tight knitters, and they tended to be friends with other white middle class students, which only increased their advantages. And if you've been friends with one buddy from birth, another from your freshman dorms, another from the first city you moved to after college, and another from your improv group, then you are a tried and true sampler. Samplers make one-on-one -on -one connections with different people from different places, but none of them are clustered together. Since this makes for a less supportive social group, many samplers are more independent, have a greater focus on academics or their jobs, and are typically more family-oriented than their counterparts. So, there's a fun thought experiment, and which one are you? All right, well, let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Starting with the fact that researchers transmitted a teeny tiny bit of power wirelessly over 5G. And they were able to do that because electromagnetic waves used in 5G have a lot more energy in them than the waves traditionally used to send data. But that also means that they can't travel as far. This isn't enough energy to turn on your toaster or even a light bulb, but it could be enough to power sensors and factories and other small applications. But if engineers can make the energy transfer more efficient, then who knows? 5G itself is very safe. I just want to know what's going to happen if they make more powerful wireless energy. And I just want them to get on it so Snoop Dogg can produce a new song called Nothing But a 5G Thang. One, two, three, and two, the foe. 5G energy and powering your house from through the door. I'm not, this is not my. He's had five chances to do ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> if, he, if he didn't do ain't nothing but a 3G thing, I think, I think that ship has sailed. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> well, we also learned that humans are more sensitive to screams from situations that are not scary. This could be because joy plays a larger part in our society. So our brains are more fine-tuned to react to them. I mean, after all, when's the last time you heard someone nearby scream because they were about to be eaten by a lion? Just always scream responsibly. And we learned that a 2016 study suggests that friendships can fall into three categories. Tight knitters keep their close friends from childhood. Compartmentalizers have different friend groups from different places that they pretty much keep separate. And samplers have close one-on-one -on -one connections from throughout their lives, and they tend to be more family-oriented than the other groups. Ashley, which one are you? I think I'm probably a compartmentalizer. I have some science nerd friends that don't really mix with my music friends, and they don't really mix with my work friends. Although sometimes when people show up to a gig or something, then they all get to mix together. But generally, I'm a compartmentalizer. Uh, but my best friend, I immediately see as a sampler. She has tight friendships with individual people all over the country. It's pretty cool. What about you? I am a tight knitter. I know that I said in the story that this type of friendship is most common for minority students. Interestingly, my high school, I was a minority. My high school is predominantly African-American and Hispanic, but like a two to one ratio. So I don't know if that played into it. I mean, I had friends and across all demographics, but I found that kind of interesting. But yeah, I've got my, my good old group text with my 10 high school friends who I see like three times a year. 
And every time I talk about moving to a new city, theoretically, I'm always like, got to live where at least one of my friends are because I refer to them as family. Everything, everything this story said totally applies to me. Yeah. yeah. I am not special or unique. That's the takeaway. <laughs> We're all more alike than different. How about that? <laughs> ah, I like that. Very nice. Today's writers were Grant Curran and Steffi Drucker. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also a writer on today's episode. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Just chill till the next episode, which is tomorrow. Is, is that an ain't nothing but a G thing reference? Yeah. All right. So join us then to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.